Need a powerful ally to fight daily bugs and serious pathogens? Allicin Med is the powerful universal pathogen killer's latest advance of German-sourced Allicin, enzymatically stabilized to clear the body of bacteria, fungi, mycobacteria, and parasites. It penetrates body biofilms and is non-toxic to tissues. Pathogen resistance cannot develop for long-term body-optimized wellness. Clear stealth pathogens that promote autoimmune disease, cancer and vascular inflammation and plaque and promote healing of tissues. Now pathogen-free. With 200 milligrams more power than prior Alamed, you can't get a more powerful ally to fight daily bugs and serious pathogens. Give your body what it needs. Allison Med. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutridyne at 888-212-8871 or Nutramedical.com. That's 1-888-212-8871 or Nutramedical.com. And listen to the Nutramedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. Nutramedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together. This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. And welcome back to the uh, hour three of the Nutramedical Report for Tuesday, and it is the first day of, or Wednesday, the first day of uh, of November, and we have John Spring here. John's been on the program in years past here at Genesis Network on my show. He's a brilliant man who's been involved with a lot of things academically. He writes a number of articles. In fact, we have one that specifically deals with the issue of the Cuban Missile Crisis we're going to talk about. We will get into the issue of the latest terrorist attack in New York City because there is a kind of a link there. Uh, a couple of different factoids. Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, John was involved intimately in actually targeting the specific sites where the missile silos were in Cuba. And I want you to get into the story of how that happened. But you will notify the uh, American government. John F. Kennedy, of course, with the Bay of Pigs, didn't succeed in doing everything he wants to do with Cuba. But the fact is that those missile silos were embedded there, were never completely removed until the Blasnost and Perestroika with the fall of the Soviet Union with Mr. Gorbachev, who later became a professor at the facilities in San Francisco. People don't realize all these facts that we had nuclear missiles at their throat at the Insulid Air Base in Turkey aimed toward the Soviet Union in Moscow, and uh, that, that in fact it was a mutual, it was like a Mexican standoff with nukes pointed at each other's neck and head for decades. And of course we had a rational country that there were some near misses where they almost launched, or we almost launched on command based on incoming, uh, you know, asteroids and other things and, and mistakes. But uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis is a is an important lesson state, especially now that there's a proliferation of nuclear weapons all over the world, which we have unfortunately been party to the spread of nuclear weapons through AQ Khan in Pakistan at the Waziristani plant and the proliferation of nuclear materials to Israel, I call it, it's a real hell because, all, uh, uh, you know, you had some interesting insights. I think one of the theses you mentioned is that you thought that the assassination of JFK was primarily the actions of Mr. Um, uh, the Russians through Nikita, uh, Khrushchev. Nikita Khrushchev and that Nikita Khrushchev was the primary party, although I have some alternative information. There may have been some other parties that somehow were peripherally involved uh, as well. Uh, so... Give us some more about the Cuban Missile Crisis, because this issue uh, is a really big deal, and in fact, 
Uh, not only are nukes aimed at us, but there's probably nukes parked in U.S. cities right now, ready to be set off on a command, just like the miniseries Jericho that came out in 2006 and seven. I just finished watching it after the last two weeks after getting advice to watch it with uh, USA Prepares uh, expert uh, talking about this, Vince Finelli. Can you give us uh, your background of, of how you knew all this stuff about the missile crisis uh, and how you became kind of like, in a sense, a whistleblower on it? What happened? Well, first of all, Dr. Deagle, it is a pleasure to be with you uh, again uh uh, I, I know you've wanted me to be on your program several times, but I've had some medical issues. But uh, uh, getting right into the uh, missile crisis, let me let me just say this: practically everything that you have been told, and our audience has heard about the crisis, which, by the way, was uh, commemorated uh, uh, recently uh, on October uh, 16th through 28th. Uh, on its uh, 70, uh, correction, 55th anniversary. Right. Uh, I, I think people need to understand that uh, there are many pieces over a period of time which uh, are, are not readily understood. For example, uh, uh, Dr. Bill, you, you are from Canada, so you're... Uh, well, I'm from Detroit, Detroit. Oh, okay, Detroit. But... Uh, because you, you almost Canada on the other side of the international bridge. <laughs> oh, okay. But because you, you 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 did live in Canada, you were uh, in in Halifax for a period of time. Uh, That's right. Yeah, I went to the university there, the University of British Columbia Medical College of Georgia, okay. Medical for, College of Wisconsin, University of Colorado. That's yes, right. but because you were <clears> there and resided in Canada during that period of time, you were obviously uh, familiar with the Dew Line. The distant early warning line. My, my, my father-in-law actually was one of the radar commanders of the radar in Cape Breton, Canada, for the dual line for incoming nuclear missiles. In fact, uh, uh, Teddy, we call him, Teddy Fiander, was the radar engineer running the dual line in Cape Breton. My, yes. my father-in-law. And for the benefit of the audience, uh, this was a, a series of radar stations that extended from the Faroe Islands uh, in the Atlantic Ocean, uh, Greenland, Canada and Alaska, uh, roughly uh, uh, close to the Arctic Circle, which right. uh, enabled the United States and Canada and NATO forces to uh, uh, keep watch of uh, uh, Soviet bombers and uh, Soviet missiles. And uh, because the, when this became operational in, in 1957, uh, and I was in the Coast Guard Reserve. At that time, I was on uh, active duty training, uh, uh, completing my basic training at the time. And uh, uh, one, of, one of the short uh, films that uh, was shown uh, as entertainment uh, during a full feature was uh, a documentary on the Dew Line. So right. uh, I, I became familiar with the significance of it, and uh, it was a... Uh, 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 a barrier for a direct attack from the, the Soviet Union. Right. But uh, in the back of my mind, uh, with my analytical uh, personality, I, I got to thinking of uh, just like the Maginot Island that the French had. Uh, right. Uh, the Germans were able to figure a way to uh, uh, get around that uh, through uh, Belgium and and the. Uh, other Benelux nations, uh, uh, mainly the Netherlands, 
Right. And Luxembourg. And uh, the same thing I thought could happen regarding uh, 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 the Soviet Union and uh, the Dew Line. Uh, if you can't uh, <coughs> go towards it, you go around it, basically. Exactly, and, uh, which is why, uh, and, and by the way, uh, you know, we're only 90 miles from Florida and Jacksonville and so on, but from Florida to uh, Cuba. And Cuba is within strike distance, a very short strike distance to the major population centers of Washington, D.C. and the Washington to Boston corridor, which is over 90 million people. So this is a big deal, isn't it? <clears throat> it, it it's a very big deal, uh, <coughs> Dr. Bill. And uh, so the, the, the years went by, but uh, on a military furlough, when I was still... 17 or just turned 18 uh, in Washington, D.C., I happened to visit the United States session, the United States Senate in session at the time when Diem was in town, uh, President Diem from South Vietnam. And uh, I heard the senators from both sides of the aisle speak on his behalf, and uh, uh, they were all very enthusiastic about supporting his regime in Saigon. And this may seem a little bit off the subject, but uh, having had a strong background uh, in Asia and the Pacific area, I was appalled by their ignorance, if not downright stupidity. And we're talking about uh, uh, prominent statesmen from both sides of the aisle, not just Senator Dirksen or Senator Mansfield, but also present were people like uh, uh, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, Barry M. Goldwater, uh, uh, Hubert Humphrey, uh, the, the list goes on and on of, of who's who, you know, in, in Washington. And these were the people that later that same day unanimously supported uh, Diem's regime in terms of giving almost unlimited military aid uh, to South Vietnam. And from that point on, based on what I had already known, I said, this country is in great <laughs> deep trouble. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. As an individual, I started to think, uh, I have a responsibility to do what I can do as a private citizen. Uh, so besides being a U.S. Coast Guard reservist, uh, uh, I, I, I started uh, to think more and more about these situations. Now, uh, as, as time went by, in 1961, I made uh, some casual contact with people in conversation, and uh, that, that is basically how I became very concerned about uh, the deployment of Soviet missiles to uh, Cuba. And how, how did you actually find the locations? Because you apparently whistleblew the actual locations to the government, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, I hear background news, which indicates... Yeah, we're, we're getting bumped, but we do have a break for a few minutes. We'll talk off air, and then we're going to come back in a couple minutes, and we'll take questions, but want to stay on topic. In an emergency, you need a... Shopping for the truth, this is a store to get the truth. And you don't have to spend any money, just have to spend some time asking better questions. And by the way, we do have callers who want them to stay on target. Don't go off target. Stay on the target of the issues we're talking about because these are important. 
not only do we have the Cuban Missile Crisis apparently ended, we now have all these infrasound uh, weapons used against our delegates in Cuba, and the Cubans try to pretend that they don't know anything about it. I think um, you have to understand that what's going on right now is almost certainly Soviet and Russian. The Soviet Union didn't go away. It just went to sleep. It's like sleeping Russian bear. You know, you have to understand it's hibernating, and it's coming out of hibernation with Mr. Putin, who's probably the Russian Don, if you want to call it. He's got $40 billion at a cut, and every transaction Russian does with any other country, he's got stuff in banks in the West all over the place. He has a dot on the Black Sea. You have to understand that the Russians and the Chinese both have nuclear missiles are in uh, not only Kaliningrad, aimed at every square inch of, the, of, of Europe, but they also have missiles stuffed to the block, even more so than the Cuban Missile Crisis in Venezuela, both Russia and China, nuclear submarines, and in fire divisions doing military operations inside Venezuela. And they propped up the Maduro government. People need to understand, if you don't understand this, and you see the collapse of the Maduro government, Russia and China have stakes here because... Their future is to plan to attack America from the south. South of what you call the dew line. South of these sort of northern defenses over the poles. And, in fact, in the late 90s, America gave, through the Lockyer Martin Inner Sputnik, which is the name of the company set up in London Stock Exchange, to transfer with the LEO, or Lower Orbit Satellite Phone System, uplinking satellite links to transfer to Russia and China into accurate targeting technology for striking U.S. and Western cities. You need to understand that our deep state is actually collaborating with making America vulnerable to long-range nuclear attack, nuclear attack from the south from Venezuela, open borders, and not even using scintillating technology called torsion field imaging from satellites and aircraft flying over every city to actually identify where in-place nuclear weapons are stored as trucks or as containers that could blow the hell out of a lot of our U.S. cities, just like the miniseries Jericho. You have to understand... We're extremely vulnerable, and it's all on purpose. And that's why, for decades after the Cuban Missile Crisis, these missiles were sitting in place for decades until the supposed uh, deposition of the Soviet Union with Glasnost and Perestroika. The same thing is going on with now with Venezuela, but my intel, which is classified, is that there's tons of these missiles. Both Russia and China are collaborating with the Maduro government with military operations in Venezuela, just south of us on the other side of the Gulf of Mexico. Not good. Well, uh, Dr. Bill, uh, er everything you said is alarming, and uh, as I have spoken with you earlier, I'm shocked because a lot of that is uh, new information. Well, I also, by the way, if the intel agencies want to talk to Dr. Deagle, I'll provide them everything they want. In fact, I'll even make them, I'll give them a tea or a coffee. I'll sit them down and give them a nice uh, uh, biscuit or a meal. I'll tell them everything I know. And let me tell you, I know a lot. i got regular, classified, and supernatural sources, and I can tell you, America is very vulnerable, and that's why the deep state are freaked out by Trump, because they want America to surrender to a global government in the near future. They want to have a basically either an EMP or a strike against their military bases here and overseas. They want us to be vulnerable to the point where we just collapse and surrender to a global government. And they want uh, Chinese troops and Chinese forces under the UN flag literally deploying in, over our cities and towns in the western United States. And they want to split America, perhaps along the Mississippi River, so China will get the western states and Russia and its allies to get the eastern. And you'll see a lot of People don't understand this, but 42% of the military forces in Russia are Shiite Muslim. People don't understand this. They don't understand what's going on. The globalists don't care who they use as long as they can subject 
and destroy America because if you have a strong Christian constitutional rights America, you can't have a new world order and strip all nations from national status so you just have trade zones and a global government. If there's a strong America, it won't exist. So the Cuban Missile Crisis is the first step in this attempt to try to do this, isn't it? Yes, it is. And uh, getting back to the crisis, uh, during what you were just saying, you mentioned some key words, strike military bases. Now, in addition to the dew line, there was another deterrent, uh, and that was the Coriolis effect. Uh, this is something of nature. Right. Because the Earth spins on its axis or rotates on its axis from uh, west to east, anything that's fired over the North Pole, uh, pole or Polar region uh, does not hit its designated target. That's why they made 50 to 100 megaton weapons which the latest they announced last uh, month in October is the Sarmat, the latest Sarmat missile, which they used to call the Satan, built in eastern Ukraine. And this Sarmat missile apparently comes in at such high velocity with also evasive technology, they say, can completely evade our Western military missile defense systems. And Putin is patenting this missile, saying how great it is, and in fact he's saying he wants to deal with the Western Mr. Trump. He's a liar. This guy is a mafia don wanting to re-exert the Soviet Union, period. Right, but uh, but keep in mind they did not have that technology uh, back in the uh, early '60s. No, no, and they got they got it from us because it was the Lockheed Martin Inner Sputnik in London stock exchange and the transfer of technology to Rulad to Moscow and to Beijing. They gave them through the Bill Clinton administration, through our administration, through their proxy of it's a real hell Israel. They gave them the uh, the uplinking technology so they could accurately target U.S. cities down to a literally a matter of cubic meters rather than hundreds of kilometers. So as a result, because of Corollas and other effects, they could make much smaller, multiply targeted warheads with much lower yields that would be more accurate military bases or surgically attack uh, population sites. Yes. That's what's scary about this. And we collaborated with the globalists to give them the technology, including even after the Second World War, we gave Russia not only nuclear materials but uh, technology so they could refine their uranium to make nuclear weapons. So we actually helped to build the Soviet Union's military weapons deployment system in the early 50s by our collaboration. This is evil. Yes, we did. Now, getting back to answering the question uh, before the break, uh, let me just say this. There was something else that uh, came about in the early 1960s. In the, the late summer and early fall of 1961, the Russians and the East Germans decided to build the Berlin Wall. Right. And uh, I happened to be in a laundromat with my wife uh, uh, near, near the campus of Cal State Long Beach, where I was uh, attending at the time. And uh, the proprietor uh, happened to be a full Army colonel who had retired, and he was an intelligence officer. And um, while I was seated there uh, uh, looking over some of my textbooks and materials to study, uh, he said, John, uh, why do you think the Berlin Wall was being built? And I said, well, according to what I read in the newspapers and here on TV, it was to prevent uh, freedom-loving people from uh, East Berlin uh, to reach the West. And he sort of chuckled for a moment uh, because that's what everyone thought. Right. Said, uh, John, uh, do you realize that the uh, uh, guard towers with the uh, heavy machine guns, uh, the uh, sentries with uh, dogs, the electrified barbed wire, and the minefields, do a pretty good job of deferring people trying to reach the West? And I said, right. yes, that's true. He said, John, the reason that the Berlin Wall is being built is because West Berlin is our intelligence post behind the Iron Curtain. 
and that is what the Russians are aware of. Right. Just like Turkey's been collaborating since the Second World War, which is why our relationship between Europe and America and Turkey and the insulated air base is very critical to the Cuban Missile Crisis, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, But uh, the story gets a lot bigger than that. Uh, Yeah. We're going to come back and cover more of this, yeah. Stay on topic. Uh, questions stay on topic. I don't think people understand that how vulnerable America is. We have 10,000 uh, basically plus Muslim uh, uh, basically cells inside America that can start an attack on, on command. We have 42 live ammunition training sites in lower 48 states. We have many enemies uh, that are not only North Korea and Iran, but many enemies that want to proliferate nuclear weapons and are making biological weapons. The biopreparat program that came out of the Soviet Union not only migrated to Syria and Iran, in fact, most of the post uh, uh, classrooms of perestroika workers moved to Tehran and to uh, Damascus, Syria, with their biological weapons programs. You have to understand that the, a lot of the technology was being developed in Iraq, for example, Gerald Bull's supercan, which is a linear accelerator cannon, could put a Volvo into space. A lot of these technologies didn't just disappear, they actually went into the woodwork. We have them, of course, and probably also the Soviets, because the Soviets were involved with that. And much of the technology has been purposely given through the state of Israel, held directly to our potential enemies, Russia and 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 uh, and uh, the former Soviet Union, which I believe has just gone to sleep. I don't think that the, it's the end of of the Soviet Union. I just think they've been pulled back, and now many of these people are NATO members. Russia, uh, the greatest opposition to Russia is in countries that are right beside them, like Poland. The Polish are very realistic about Russia and how dangerous they are, aren't they? Uh, and same as the people in Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, when Kaliningrad, believe it or not, is south of these three little republics sitting on the, on the Baltic Sea. People don't know this, do they? They don't know that Kaliningrad, every square inch of, this, of Europe, is covered by intermediate-range nuclear missiles, and Russia is padding their missiles. The only thing is they don't have the finances to build a large navy. So much of their naval ships are running on old diesel-fueled systems, and they often break down. The problem is their economy is only a sixteenth the size of the United States, and they can't support a giant military, but they have advanced weapon systems. So they could cripple us in in a naval battle or try to precipitate a nuclear war and have a fairly large special forces, but they really don't have any large military operations at all except proxies, which are... The southern Soviet republics that are Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, uh, uh, Kazakhstan, etc. And people aren't aware that the Soviet Union is is uh, asleep, but not gone. And uh, Mr. Putin, from what I heard, is actually an illegitimate descendant of the Tsars and Tsarinas. You mentioned something on the break that he may be actually the descendant of Rasputin with the Tsarina. So it might be he might be his grand, uh, grandfather. And what people have to understand is that the Soviet Union is a very scary place. Uh, <clears throat> what's going on there right now, their economy is in the, to- in the toilet. The most expensive city to live on Earth is Moscow. And um, the uh, Chinese have a similar problem in their country. Uh, for every nine, uh, they have nine people for every job that they have. They have half of their investments are basically uh, what's called 
you know, we call these crazy investment interest loan, internal loans, they're a criminal organization too. They're 80% of the new billionaires in the last 25 years are all Chinese members of the People's Republican Army. And their kids go to the University of Spoiled Children, USC, California. They fly out to London for shopping and holidays. People need to understand just how corrupt the global government is and how deeply embedded they are to try to make vulnerable to nuclear, biological, chemical, and EMP attack. It's all part of the game, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, if I may get back uh, to uh, the, the, the missile crisis. Uh, yes, let's do that. One thing that I uh, uh, failed to mention earlier was that uh, shortly after the, uh, uh, the Bay of Pigs uh, operation, uh, which failed due to uh, a CIA uh, uh, communication officer on the island uh, who uh, was to send out messages on beepers to the various factors, uh, uh, he turned out to be a double agent working for Castro, and uh, the various... Uh, uh, Anti-Castro units were were not deployed uh, to the area near uh, uh, Playa Giron uh, on the Zapata Peninsula. Right. That's that's why JFK had to call it off. But uh, that's why he had to call off the Bay of Pigs is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yes. But yeah, because in other words, they had they had been blown the whistle been blown that the Bay of Pigs attack was going to occur. Now, how did you get to know all the positions of where these missiles were placed? Who was your whistleblower that okay. gave you the information? Okay, I, I, uh, but before I get to that, I, I, I do want to mention for the record that uh, uh, after Bay of Pigs, I wrote my first letter, my analytic report to uh, JFK. And I didn't find this out until decades later, but he read every single word and made a, a comment uh, in the left margin uh, regarding Soviet buildup and uh, the fact that I had advised uh, him to consider a U.S. naval blockade of the island of Cuba. Uh, uh, he wrote in the margin, refer to state for further study. And that was in the spring of 1961. Now, getting back to uh, the Berlin Wall, after that uh, construction was started, my mind uh, started to think, what could possibly be going on in the Soviet Union that would require and justify such an expensive law, even in uh, a communist or socialist economy, to warrant such a cost to build such an expensive wall, uh, there must have been something really going on uh, at the Kremlin where they were attempting to keep it top secret. Because keep in mind that uh, uh, they were trying to prevent uh, uh, couriers uh, carrying blueprints, uh, microfilm uh, maps, charts, whatever. Uh, from reaching the West. Uh, so there must have been something very uh, significant going on. And right. lo and behold, uh, Dr. Bill, a few weeks later, I got my answer when I happened to read one of the copies of the mimeograph letters that I was getting from Miami, Florida, called the Cuban Report. And on the last paragraph of, of that, uh, on the last page, it mentioned that very large quantities of cement are being unloaded from uh, Russian ships and uh, unloaded entirely by Soviet and Russian personnel. No Cuban yeah. personnel involved. Right, and you, probably, and you probably knew the locations of where the cement were being unloaded because obviously that means you're building silos. Well, <laughs> uh, 
get, getting to that uh, a little bit later, uh, let right. me just say this. Uh, uh, the reports from the brave Cubans that were uh, uh, getting hold of this information indicated that they were uh, the trucks were always going westward from Port Mario uh, to an area within uh, uh, what was then part of the uh, Pinar del Rios uh, province in northwestern right. Cuba. And uh, I got out and got hold of the best. Uh, aeronautical and nautical charts and and maps that I could find, and I looked over that area, and the topography there, uh, Doctor Bill, was very rugged. So I knew that they could not be building an airfield there with all of that uh, cement, and uh, it was rather doubtful that they were. You're going talking to about the Pinar del Rio, which is the far westward part of Cuba, which is really close to to Florida, the, the, one exactly. of the farthest. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they were in a, a key geographical uh, situation. Now, I also had contact with the, the dean of engineering, who is a good friend of the family, uh, who had been a consultant to NATO about uh, various types of uh, uh, weaponry, including uh, uh, ballistic missiles. And uh, I came to the conclusion that the Soviets were planning to deploy, amongst other things, the intermediate range ballistic missile, which had a range within a radius of 2,200 nautical miles, or roughly uh, 2,500 miles, right? Which, which from that point could cover practically any part of the continental United States. And that's when I sent my analytical report to uh, JFK in the fall of 1961. Uh, a year later, U-2 uh, aerial reconnaissance flight photographs were analyzed by U.S. Naval Intelligence. Uh, my findings were confirmed, and that became the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right, and so what they need to do is they need to have the Venezuelan Missile Crisis, and if there's intel agencies listening, you have torsion field imaging from space and aircraft that can fly over Venezuela. If you actually look at these maps of... Uh, uh, of Venezuela, so you want to see exactly whether you're talking about Maracaibo or Caracas, I guarantee you, you'll see scintillating sites of nuclear materials. Welcome back. So we have John Spring here. John, you're going to wrap up. The Cuban Missile Crisis needs, and now the anniversary, I think it was what, the 55th anniversary in October, it yeah. needs to be switched now, and apparently you mentioned on the break that we're talking about the uh, uh, the situation in Central America and Nicaragua where there were actually deployable missile systems being set up by the uh, former Soviet Union and the Russians back years ago, which turned out to be the third, uh, the second at least, attempt to set missiles below or south of the continental United States. I believe the biggest risk, even more missiles and more systems in place, including troops and Navy, is in Venezuela, in Maracaibo, or Caracas, along the coast, or further inland, and people don't understand. People don't understand this, do they? Um, no, no, they don't. Uh, let, let, let me just wrap up very quickly uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, and we'll get on to that because that, that's a very important uh, media topic that needs to be addressed. Uh, as, as soon as the Cuban Missile Crisis was uh, exposed, basically, and uh, what was so crucial about uh, that tactic on the part of the Kremlin was that uh, they were planning to keep this completely secret. 
That's the key word, secret or clandestine. Uh, right. And uh, those weapons, w when they would have become fully operational, would have been able to take out or destroy all of our retaliatory uh, facilities throughout America. Uh, right. All of the missile sites uh, in places like Wyoming, uh, 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 SAC, you, you name it. Because uh, from uh, uh, Cuba, they would have been very accurate, with pinpoint accuracy. That was yeah, they, they wouldn't have to deal. They wouldn't have to deal with the Corridos effect going over the poles. What you're saying, so they can have even with the, even before they got the advanced smart targeting system we gave them in the late '90s under Clinton. Uh, they would have still been able to be more accurately able to hit our SAC command center and et cetera, right. and, and strategic air command center uh, and uh, our other missile silo sites across, say, the northern central United States. Okay, and, and, the, and, the, and the last uh, part of this was uh, once those uh, uh, U.S. bases were taken out, then the Soviet Union could launch those missiles deployed in Siberia, the ICBMs, <laughs> of far greater magnitude and basically obliterate the entire United States with a population of roughly 170 million Americans at that time. Right. And we would not be having this conversation today. Right. And uh, in mid-December, I received a very short letter uh, written and signed by uh, President John F. Kennedy. And uh, about two weeks later, I received two more letters sent on behalf of the president, one from uh, the, the U.S. Department of State and the other from the U.S. Department of Defense of the Pentagon, uh, basically uh, uh, thanking me without going into detail, because this had to be kept very secretive, uh, uh, because we were all at great risk. And uh, a month later, I officially graduated uh, with a, a Bachelor of Arts in Geography from California State University, Long Beach. Uh, right the first week in uh, January. And uh, I, I kept quiet all of this time. Now, I, ironically, uh, Colonel Oleg Penkovsky, a GRU military officer who had uh, given and smuggled uh, uh, military manuals to the West, even though he was not uh, accessible to uh, any top-secret information uh, in the Kremlin, uh, was arrested, tortured, and executed for basically uh, doing what I had done uh, through uh, my analysis. And uh, was it, you know, there was he was supplying the West with information about what Russia was up to. Who tortured him and who killed him? Uh, the KGB. Not surprising, because they would have figured that he was going to release information even though he didn't have fully classified. He made conclusions that the West, that Russia was planning on attacking the West. Yes, but uh, uh, he became a legend. He was considered to be the greatest spy how do, in the world. How do, how do you spell his name again? Uh, P-E-N-K-O-V-S-K-Y. Pinkovsky. K-I-Y, yeah. depending yeah. on yeah. How, how you want to spell it. Right. But uh, it, it was fortunate in some respects because uh, uh, that way I was able to keep a very low profile and remain alive. Um but because you released the information, but you didn't become a public figure. In other words, you weren't on the news media or major interviews or anything like that, or New York Times or Washington Post or anything like that. Right. Uh, and uh, everyone's going to question me because, after all, uh, Wikipedia, how could they possibly be wrong? Well, in all fairness, uh, uh, 
no, no one ever knew uh, of what I had secretly done. Uh, and well, I, wait, wait, I get people who want to quote Wikipedia like it's the better than the Bible. And I know people, in fact, we had Dr. Bob Teal who will be back on tomorrow. We had Wikipedia articles pulled by Wikipedia. Wikipedia, again, is another arm of the global government trying to control what information is considered real or not. But the real truth are regular people like you that come to conclusions or me on this show warning the media and the intel agencies that we're in gross danger and we need to use torsion field imaging and flying over cities and we need to make sure we can make sure we vet every container that comes in America that does not only radiation detection with regular de- detection but what's called gravitonic or torsion field or Higgs field analysis of isotopes coming in containers because they could have containers parked in U.S. cities ready to blow just on the command. Absolutely. And the, and the fact is we're not ready for this. We're not ready for the release of biological weapons. I personally know how to make biological weapons for less than a thousand dollars. Give you an example. I could take, say, anthrax, and I just know how to weaponize it in my garage or in my kitchen. So when people say, you can't do that, Dr. Deagle, I got skill sets. I also tell people I know how to make at least a half a dozen weapons, a lot more dangerous than guns, and I've had some of it posted up on my site for years. People need to realize there's evil people that don't have good intentions toward Americans or people in other countries, and they don't even care about their own people. For example, this Russian, Penkovsky, knew that if Russia ever attacked America, we would wipe Russia off the face of the earth. There wouldn't be a live Russian in Russia, all the way to Siberia, across seven time zones. And he had the common sense and decency to understand that these crazies inside the Soviet Union didn't care if they killed off most of the Soviet population. They just wanted to win at all costs, didn't they? Right. But but actually, it was yours truly who uh, provided that information uh, to JFK. Uh, JFK, uh, I think, guarded that information uh and, uh, right, well, we're, we're providing information today, and I want people to know that America and Trump needs to take uh, special uh, attention to Venezuela today because it is the latest place for what's called the recurrence of the Cuban Missile Crisis scenario because they tried this before. They tried it in Nicaragua, the yeah. Russians and the Soviets, and they're trying it again now. And just when we think we're, we're emerging as strong again, remember, this is not just a Soviet or Russian problem. This is a globalist. They can't withstand a strong central power in the United States that controls 90% of the world's currency, controls the, literally, the, the director of space command said that we control every cubic centimeter of space between here and Mars. We have a colony on Mars since 1982. We have a mining operation for helium-3 since four or five years before the Eagle landed on the moon. We have technology literally centuries ahead of anybody else, including the Soviet Union or China. And that's why they're terrified of us. I remember talking to... A, uh, a Russian naval nuclear technologist, basically at, at Storage Tech, one of the companies that we worked with, did classified work. And he said, I, and he said in a Russian accent, he said in like a Soviet accent because he was from Belarus, he said, I know you America had nuclear weapons and other more advanced weapons in Warehouse 13 because you gave us nuclear materials and you gave us the... the the uh, purification technology to make sure you build Russia up to become a viable enemy. In other words, there was a game to make Russia the enemy of the West. America, Russia, was actually the natural ally of the United States against the British to even allow us to survive the revolution. Russia's not a natural enemy of America, but it's been made into one by the globalists, isn't it? Yes, it is. But we have to understand, the threat that you're talking about now in Venezuela... uh, 
is far greater than uh, Kim Jong Un. Uh, oh yeah, Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un is, is is a nothing. Uh, his missile systems we can knock out with missile deployed systems, anti missile systems by our carrier group, etc. But if you have something in Venezuela, the strike distance between Venezuela and say uh, Jacksonville, Florida, or Washington D.C. is probably less than 15 minutes. So, and you're talking about accurate technology to hit military bases, perhaps first to do a, a decapitation of the military, and then just call the White, White House on the red phone and say, hey, surrender or else, we'll take out your population centers. That's, what the game, that's the game that they're playing. And remember now, this is not a Russian game. The Russians are being hauled into this because, remember, Putin and the Chinese are playing a game as part of the globalist agenda. It's not for their own nation's stake because... If China starts something, I know there's enough deployed missiles, for example, in Fukushima Daiichi. Plant 3 was making warhead detonators for plutonium detonators for advanced warheads. So China will disappear in 12 minutes in a vapor cloud if they try to start a nuclear war with uh, the West, with their proxy, the mad dog, North Korea. But the globalists don't care if most of the Chinese die. They want global control of the world, and they couldn't care if 90% of the population dies in a nuclear holocaust. That's so true. That's so true. You've got to understand this, and I hope there's people in Russia and China listening. They're all being hauled into a scenario that might kill most of your population, but the globalists will win if they think if they kill most of us off and then emerge from their underground bunkers, drinking champagne that we're all gone, and now they're in control of the world. And they don't. They want cyborg, human, cyborg robot slaves, and a superclass of the Ubermensch emerging. That's what they want. Your sleep, a catalyst to improve your brain chemistry. Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter-in-an-hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say, I feel more focused. My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Cognition Plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. And listen to the NutriMedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. NutriMedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together.